Hey, what's up all of you who are tuning in to check out our latest message right here online. Listen, it's going to be a great message and we hope that you enjoy, but even more than that, we would love to see you in person at one of our live weekend worship experiences. If you're not in our area, we want to encourage you to find a local church where you live because we just believe that we're no good alone. We're better together and you need family. So if you're not in our area, make sure you find a place where you live where you can attend a physical church and become family. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message and have a good day. All right, church. How many agree that the word became flesh? Come on, Pasco. Come on down, brother. How many know that there's depth to the song you just heard a few moments ago? How many know that God wants you to carry gifts to the broken? They're out there in all kinds of places. So Pasco and I were talking this morning, and I said, "You, when you hear from God, the answer is always yes. <laughs> if you give God a no... You have a rebellious spirit. Come on, church. Jesus set the tone when the Father said, you'll become flesh. I want you to stay with me for a moment, and Pasco, and I'll share in just a moment who he is and why he's here. Do we really understand that God came in the form of a baby to a manger? Come on, mothers. How many of your children were born in a trough? Secondly, do we really understand that when God went to the cross, they kicked him out of the city? The city where he was to reign and rule. They took him outside the gates. And they crucified him. That was God. And Mary was there also. Do you really understand this morning that God didn't even have his own tomb? Why do you keep saying God? Because that's who that was in the flesh. And it was a borrowed tomb, but he didn't stay there. Please don't trap him. Well, he can't be trapped, but don't try trapping God. Like holding him in a church facility. So for quite a few years, I've been going to Lancaster And if you're not flexible in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're in stalled position. What is he saying? Well, when I first went there, Chaplain Key said, you'll be ministering in the chapel. Well, that was familiar to me as a pastor. But then he said, well, we're going to make some changes. We're going to put you over in the canteen. Canteen? What? You're going to put me in the food service area? (laughs) and then from there they changed it up again listen if you will not let God change you you really don't understand that he came in flesh and changing you isn't just on the inside it's who you are on the outside wherever he wants you to go you'll say yes so I said to chap okay where am I going now he said well you're going to go to the J dorm J dorm he said okay we're going to call it the faith dorm faith dorm where's that 
Well, Pasco knows where that is, and he's going to be sharing his story this morning. Brother, when I had to walk back to the faith dorm, it was like, can I have a bicycle, please? Could you somehow let me come in the back way instead of having to go through all of those check-ins? By the way, if you're not willing to go through the process, you're not going to be used much by God. Yesterday was another example. That place was packed. And it was like, Jesus, please give me patience while I'm waiting to get through this line so that I have to then wait for a security person to walk with me. You know, that stuff will rub you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And they got me back there. And oh, Pasco, the years that I've known you and how God shows up in that little room where we have spent so much time has been amazing. So Pasco is with us this morning because I told him back in the fall, I said, when you're out of here, you're coming before the end of the year to Forward Church. And I shared with him this morning, he's here because God believes in him. He's here to give us ministry about children, teenagers, homes, He's not from this rural community. And that was so cool this morning as we were running out of Gainesville and coming back through the country. You were all excited about the country. It's like, dude, what in the world, man? I see this all the time. You love that. Wow. Listen, please don't sit there and look at Pasco as a person who was incarcerated. There are many in our society that are not in prison, but they're incarcerated. Gotta speak, man. Speak. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, so I would like for us this morning, Pasco's got an incredible story, and I kind of threw a curve. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and he said to me as we were driving in, oh, I, I didn't know I was going to do the whole thing. I said, well, heck yeah. I said, dude, this is you. This is your story as he has transformed your life. I believe he came out of one of the major cities here in the state of Florida. So he knows how to relate to the city. He knows what it's like to be incarcerated. Oh, and can I just go ahead and wipe this off too? Because a lot of times we think, but we don't live. We think with the natural mind, but we don't live in the spirit. He is not standing here this morning with jailhouse religion. I've been out there at least four years, and I used to go to Dixie County. I know those. So does he, those who have jailhouse religion. He doesn't carry that. And he wouldn't be here if he did. He's the real deal. Pasco, I'm so proud of what God has done in your life long before I ever met you and how you strengthened the mentoring program. And this is the reason for the season because of the transformation that God makes in all of our lives. I want you to have fun. Can we pray together? And then let's get ready. Father, I thank you this morning for my friend, my brother. Father, I thank you for the things that he has shared with me through the years in a different location. But guess what, Father? You showed up because you're Emmanuel, God with us. Father, I thank you for my friend. I honor him this morning. Help him to just feel so at home that he can share what you've given to him to share with us. 
And may we come out of all of our silos and go out to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in to the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Everyone says? Amen. Amen. Bring it, brother. Would you stand and give a big welcome this morning to my friend, my brother, Pasco? Go get it. I just, it's such a blessing to be here. I thank God for the experience. I just want to sing a little bit of this song. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. By his nail-pierced hands, we're free. By his blood. We're washed clean, now we have the victory, and the power of sin is broken, Jesus overcame it all, he has won our freedom, Jesus has won it all, lift your voice and say now, hallelujah. You have won the victory. If you know the song, say, Hallelujah. You have won it all for me. And death could not hold you down. You are the risen King. Seated in majesty. You are the risen king. Um, I sing that song so much because it, it brings a reality of what Christ fully done in my life. Um, like Coach Weber said, um, I was incarcerated for four and a half years at Lancaster. Um, and I'm so glad that it happened because personally, you don't fully know God until you're in a place to where you have no choice but to know God. Uh, sometimes God put us in situations and not saying that my charges, that God put me in that place, what I done put me in that, my disobedience, my rebellion is what put me in that place. But I'm so glad that God still uses prison to get your attention. God still uses circumstances, certain places to get your attention. Certain people in here are going through a trial in your life and you're wondering why. You wonder why my child is acting up. You wonder why my bills are due, Lord. You wonder why uh, things is just going haywire in my life because God is trying to get your attention through a situation. And as a people of God, once we put our faith in Christ, if as we say that, okay, God, I give it all up. I surrender all to you. I give you my family. I give you my life. I give you my job. I give you everything of me, Lord. I give you my hands. I give you my feet. Use me as your vessel. Empty me. We have to be mindful of what we ask for. We just don't know what God's going to use to really mold and shape us sometimes. And sometimes that's a little scary. You know what I'm saying? For me, um, I can remember before I got incarcerated, my life was going haywire. I sold drugs. Uh, I carried a gun. I'm not from this beautiful place of Trenton and Chiefland. Um, I'm from Tampa, Florida. And if anybody been to Tampa, it's a real big city. There's a lot going on. I used to call it my playground. And by the grace of God, you know, I was able... I was able to escape um, Tampa. And the lifestyle that I was living, I was selling drugs. I had a whole bunch of different things going on. I had a family. I had a wife and kids and all those different things. And I remember one day I was tired. I was tired of the life that I was living. I was tired of everything that I was experiencing. 
I was so tired until I really wanted to check out, but not physically. I wanted to check out mentally. And I told God, I went in my garage and I was losing my mind. I, anybody ever lost their mind? Like just, just had a breakdown. Like you just screaming in your pillow. I mean, it just seems like don't nobody understand what you're going through. You try to call for help and everybody busy. And you're trying to look for somebody to just talk to about your problem and your situation. And it just seems like don't nobody got the time. So I'm at this point in my life and I'm in my garage hollering and screaming and I'm going crazy. And I tell God, I say, listen, if this ain't for me, if this house, anybody lived in the house that you felt like it wasn't yours? Anybody lived in the neighborhood that you just felt like, this ain't real, this ain't for me. This ain't this person that I'm living with, this person that I'm sleeping beside, yeah, I married her, but something just ain't right. We ain't clicking on all cylinders. You just feel like something ain't yours. And that's why I felt like. I felt like the car that I was driving was an illusion. I felt like the life that I was living wasn't for me simply because God has something greater for me. And I was in my garage, and I'm losing my mind, and I'm screaming, and I'm hollering. And I told him, I said, listen, if this ain't for me, I say, take it away. I say, I'm tired. I surrender all. You know, I'm tired of shooting these guns. I'm tired of having to move my family from here to there. I'm tired of the lifestyle I'm living. I'm tired of the drama. Just take it away. And God allowed me to get caught up in my mess. I didn't even know what I was asking for. And when I got locked up, I remember sitting in jail, and I was in jail and I'm like oh my goodness God man I done got caught up man oh man every time I turn around I was trying to do right I'm trying to do this and then he brought back to my remembrance what I asked for and that's part of the process because for true change it's going to take circumstances for true change it's going to take obstacles for true change it's going to take opposition it's going to take a struggle and as people of God we got to understand that God used pain and suffering to kind of mold and shape us um, I want to go to a scripture, and if you have your Bibles, just go here for me real quick, and it's, it's Matthew 5, Matthew 5 and 13, and I'm going to get back to talking a little bit more about the transition. When you have it, please say amen. Matthew 5 and 13 says, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savior, where whether, whether with shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden, trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, and the city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light shine before men that ye may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now that's Jesus talking. And like I said, as a body of Christ, once we go through these trials and tribulations, we got to be mindful that God has a purpose and that everything that we're dealing with and everything that we're going through is coming from a Father that loves us, that sent his Son to die for us, and that wants shape us into what he want us to become but once we get past all the pain and all the obstacles and all the all the transition what then it's time to let our light shine before men easily easily it was so easy to get out of prison and say you know what yeah God helped me out he looked out for me he changed my heart 
I'm going to do me now. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do me. There's a lot of different things I, I couldn't do then for four and a half years, and now I can do it now. But there was a tug in my heart. This is how I knew my change was real. It's when obstacles came up against me, when opportunities came up against me, when family, I was sharing with him this morning, I had a cousin that actually asked me to move to New York with him. He asked me for my routing number, my account number, and he was going to send me some money to come to New York. But something inside me said, nah, that's not God. That, that's, that's not God. When you start to think different about the things that you used to do, when you have a nervousness about thinking about old things that you used to do, something's happened. A change has happened. A change has taken forth. Something, something that I can't even explain. That's why when people talk about, oh, God ain't real, you can't take away the change that happened in my life. I can't, I can't explain it. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't speak the way I used to speak. I don't do the things that I used to do. I don't desire the things that I used to desire. And that lets you know that the spirit of God is evident in the man's life. And it lets me know that this is real. This ain't no make-believe story. The Bible says that this is a living word. But once we have this chance to take forth, he says, come out from among you, be ye separated, says the Lord. He called us to be a peculiar people. He called us to walk a certain way. He called us to talk a certain way. You know, and I'm so glad that God showed so much grace and mercy on my life because easily I could have done a life sentence. Easily, very easily. And getting back to the passage of Scripture, it says, let your light shine so before man. And as a people of God, once we come to Christ and once we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, he called us to be real. He called us to be set apart. He calls us to let our light shine with our neighbors. He calls us to let our light shine amongst our friends. And it's not so much as just beating people down with Jesus, but it's walking the walk. It's talking the talk. It's being for real about your issue. It's about being for real about what you believe in. You know, if I say I'm a Christian, there are certain things I shouldn't be doing as a Christian, right or wrong. Can I get an amen? All right, all right. Let me know that you're here. You know, <laughs> as a people of God, there are certain things that I shouldn't be saying. There are certain conversations I shouldn't be having. Why? Because I'm a peculiar people. I got to let my light shine. Because sometimes, I know if y'all heard this, but we the only Bible that certain people will ever read. Some people ain't going to pick up that book. Some people ain't going to download the app on their phone. They just ain't going to do it. But if I watch um, Corey every day come to work, and, hey, how you doing? God bless you. How you doing? And as many times as the boss man I came to Corey, Corey, you messed up again. You done messed up again. I'm sorry, man. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to get it together. I'm sorry, man. You be blessed and all that good stuff. And you constantly watch Corey's character. And it seems like every time Corey comes in, he has a smile on his face. Every time Corey comes in, he's greeting everybody. It seems like Corey ain't got no problems at all. You're going to start wondering what Corey got. You know what I'm saying? You're going to really start. I know I'm going to be looking for Corey. Like, Corey, man, what you got going on, bro? What kind of drugs you on, man? What you doing? Come on, Corey, let me know what's the secret. And when Corey lets you know that it's Christ in me, you know, it's something that Christ has done for me. You know, I can't explain it, but, man, I just got joy. You know, I got love. I don't want to treat my neighbor bad. I don't want to hold a grudge against him. You know, I had to learn the hard way through prison because you're dealing with a whole bunch of different people. Now, listen, I'm going to give you all an example of something. <laughs> Imagine being in a place 
where they put all the misfits at. Imagine being in a place where you're dealing with people that has completely lost their mind. They have no family. They have no support system. And they never going home. You're also dealing with people that has mental illness. That's our, they give you sight meds in prison. So you're dealing with a man that's unbalanced because they done gave him the wrong sight meds today. You're dealing with people that are in an emotional prison. And that's why I say the emotional prison and the mental prison and the spiritual prison is way worse than the physical. Because as long as my mind's right and my heart's right, I'm free. It don't matter where I'm at. I'm free. I was free two years ago. Amen. I was free thanks to Christ that I don't have to do the things that they do. I don't have to. I got to set myself apart because that's what he called me to do. He called me to be a light, to shine. He called me to be salt. But imagine being in a place where all the people in the world that are mentally unstable, and you got a couple, like three or four. It's just like just pointing out all the people that got red shirts on, and that's how many people actually are kind of settled-minded, that have peace. That's okay. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. I'm going to say okay. Because once you get to know these people, then you really be like, oh, wow. He's dealing with some stuff. And then God puts you in a position to be mentoring these people and to be patient with these people. That's the only way I learned love and kindness. That's the only way I learned patience through those obstacles and through those trials and dealing with these people that, that are going through stuff. And it's so easy once you got what you want, once you got your peace, once you got your, your, your grace, and once you got your mercy, and once you got your spirit, to keep it to yourself. It's so easy. But what did he call us to do? To be light. He called us to show that same old thing that he shared upon us. He called us to be the salt. Like he said, if the salt's good for nothing, it ain't no good to be stepped on. It's worth nothing. And my message to you all today is that as a people of God, if you know what it is to know Christ, if you know what it is to experience his love, and, you, and, you, and you've known him to be a comforter on them nights when you've laid on your pillow and you've cried out to God, and you just thought everything wasn't going to work out, and he sucked that peace that surpasses all understanding, how many of you know him to be a loan giver? <laughs> in the time when them bills was paid up, I mean, when them, when them bills was due, and you didn't have the money, you didn't know where the money was coming from. And somebody said, hey, man, God called me to bless you with something, girl. Here you go. Man, God, hey, man, come over here, man. I got something for you. Or the bill collector say, you know what? I don't know how, but you've already paid your bill. We got to give all glory to God. When we don't know how we going to get through the day, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I've been locked up four and a half years, right? I went to work, right? I've been working for two weeks. I've been at this construction company. And I don't know about y'all, but construction is so hard. It's so heavy. You know, it's so heavy. And I've got to be mindful. I've been in prison. So there's really no construction job. So I get on this job site, and I am beat. I'm talking about I'm exhausted. It's my second week. And I'm not even really doing that heavy. I'm just moving some stuff around, you know. And I'm like, I am so out of shape. I'm so beat. But you know what I had to do? I had to get down on my knees and say, Lord, give me the strength. I said, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this day. I said, I ain't, ain't going to make it. Physically, I'm not going to make it. And I know him to be a strength giver because I made it. 
I made it. It wasn't this old Samson strength that came upon me. <laughs> but it would have been nice because I was definitely would have got a raise. But it would have been nice. I just started tossing stuff everywhere and just doing. But anyways, you know, I had this, I had this strength that says, get up and keep moving. Don't stop. Come on. I got you. And my body was still hurting and I was still a little sore. But I got through the day. And in that time right there, I known God to be a strength giver. You know, in my time of comfort, in my time of crying out to God in prison, when I didn't know what was going on with my family or I lost a family member or I just got into it with a guard because they disrespected me or they belittled me or put down on me, I ain't going to lie. I was the first one to get in my bunk, cover my head, and cry. Because there's one of two things you're going to have in prison. You're going to have humility or pride. Humility or pride. One or the other. There's only two types of people in there. You got prideful people and you got humble people. Now, one thing I heard, I learned, is that in the beginning, I was prideful. I was getting in trouble because I didn't want to accept what happened. You know, I didn't feel like it was my fault. I didn't feel like I didn't do nothing to deserve this. I was so prideful, and God humbled me. Oh, my goodness, did he humble me. And he humbled me in the most weirdest way. He didn't humble me with fighting because I was used to that. He didn't humble me with violence because I was used to that. He didn't humble me with all those different things. He humbled me with my nieces and my nephews. It was the weirdest thing because I don't have kids. But he humbled me with my nieces and my nephews. And when they used to get on the phone and they used to say, I miss you. Um, Promise me when you get out, you won't go back. And that stuff used to cut like a knife. I'm talking about it was such an emotional thing until I was like, Lord, have mercy. Like, why would you do this like this? Because he knew that any other way I wouldn't have received it. I'm a great uncle. I love my nieces and nephews. I do anything for them. But that situation right there is what humbled me. And I remember being in prison and I'm fighting and I'm going through it with people and I'm getting locked up in the box. I'm getting put in confinement. And my mom wrote me a letter. She said, Here I am, I remember it verbatim, she said, here I am wondering why you haven't called me, only to find out that you in confinement. She said, I called the prison, (laughs) that is a real moment, I called the prison asking them what happened to my son because you usually call me once a week, only to find out that you in a box. She said, you can't do your time like this. She said, you got nieces and nephews out here that love you, they talk about you all the time and they waiting on you. She said, but I can't have you come home to them like that. She said, they look up to you too much. They love you too much. She said, baby, I love you. I'll send you some money every now and then, but I ain't finna do time like this. And that was a reality check. My own mama was telling me, I I ain't ain't finna do this. Not for somebody I don't want to change. And I remember being in that box, and I've known Christ. It wasn't until this situation that I really started getting a hunger for Christ. I cried out to God. I say, help. I say, help. I say, I don't know what else to do. I say, I've tried it your way. I read the Bible. I pray. You know what I'm saying? But I'm steady falling short. I still got this attitude problem. I say, take that attitude away. Give me humbleness and give me peace. You know, make me not feel like I have to, have to um, prove myself or prove that I'm worth something or, or have to show everybody else that I'm that dude. And then that's when I start understanding scripture that all things have become new. Old things have passed away. 
And Paul said something so important. He said, forget. He said, one thing I do is that I forget those things behind me. As a people of God, we have to forget about those past things that we used to do. We got to let that stuff go. We got to walk into the newness of life. And if we don't know how to, we got to ask for him to help us. There's not a day that go by that. If I don't have a question, if I don't know how to do something, I say, man, listen, because I don't know about y'all, but I don't have a desire to pray every day. Sometimes I just don't feel like reading my Bible. And I make excuses. I ain't got time. No, I'm, Lord, I'm so tired. Yeah, right. Am I the only one? I just, I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. I'm just not finna do it. This is, it's just the day I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm just not reading my Bible today. Or, or I get so caught up on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Looking at what everybody else got going on. <laughs> don't we do that? Just look at everybody else's business. Just, just seeking everybody else's business. 15, 20 minutes an hour. Not even thought about a scripture, but I had to pray, Lord, give me a desire to read your word. Give me a hunger for you. You know, give me a desire to pray. Give me a hunger to uh, die to self because I'm so prideful. I don't want to, I don't want to do this stuff naturally because my flesh, naturally I don't want to do this stuff, but I believe in the Holy Spirit that changed me, that's working in me, that you, the same old way you helped me quit lying, the the same old way you helped me quit fighting and angry, that you could change me, you could give me a hunger for you. And he did. Now I wake up in total awe every morning. I was telling coach that sometimes I still pinch myself just to make sure that I'm not in a dream because it still feels like a dream. After doing four and a half years in a place where somebody's telling you when to get up, eat, sleep, tell you when to go to work, you know, you get accustomed to that. They call it institutionalization. But how many people are spiritually institutionalized? How many people naturally still do the same sins day in, day out, and feel like it's normal? How many people every single day cussed out traffic knowing that Christ has delivered them from that? How many people the same day just say, you know what, man, my husband, I ain't got time for you. Uh uh-uh, uh, ain't no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Instead of being submissive. Husbands as well to the wives. God has done something in this family that we couldn't do for ourselves. And He will complete the work that He started in us. And we got to stand on that. Even though, Lord, I'm not doing everything that I'm supposed to, Lord, help me do these things. Help me want a desire to do these things. And as a light, we got to share the movement that God is having in our lives. Because guess what? If you testify to somebody and you testify to somebody and you testify to somebody at work, guess what? Something's going to happen. And it ain't even about, oh, man, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Don't nobody want to hear that. (laughs) Let's be real. Let nobody want to hear that. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? I used to always question, like, why are you even coming at me like that? You know what I'm saying? Why, 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 would, you, why would that be the first thing that you talk about? How you doing today? You all right? You good? You good, bro? How you doing, man? How your spirit man doing? You good? You straight? I mean, you look a little down today, man. But you look good, though, man. You look fresh. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Well, how you doing, sister? Everything all right? Yeah. 
paying all your bills, everything working out good. Yeah. Kind of laying on that cardinal, huh? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, just pray about it. See, as a people of God, we can be so down to earth. And there's a way that we can touch people's heart. God uses us. We all have the gift. That light, that light is beautiful. That light shows so much detail. It can bring something so natural into something so beautiful. And that light is Christ. God gave us a gift for himself. Not because of anything that we did. Can you imagine? Somebody saying, Almighty God saying that. You know what? They've been so separated from me for 400 years, or however long it was, I don't know there's that time, until I yearn to have a communication with them again. So guess what? I'm going to send a gift. And that gift name was Jesus Christ, just so he can reunify us back to himself. That's a beautiful thing. (laughs) That's a beautiful thing. Not because we deserve it, but because he wanted to. And this is the season that we celebrate right now. I'm so glad to be home for Christmas. I'm not going home, but I'm so glad to be home for Christmas because it means so much to me now that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift that we have through Christ is so amazing and we didn't deserve it. It's by faith. It's by faith. And it's by the grace of God that we're able to stand here today. I got one more topic that I'm going to speak on. Well, not topic, but one more scripture I'm going to expound on. And it says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Once again, as a people of God, we don't compromise our integrity for sin. We don't compromise our integrity for nobody. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. We don't stand up with it. We don't play with it. We don't condemn it. I mean, we don't, uh, we don't commend it. We don't keep going along with it. If you know that you got somebody in your house doing something that they have no business doing, call them out on it. Call them out on it because that's what Christ called us to. Because if we don't, guess what? We just as, just as wrong. We're just as guilty because we know the truth and we deny the fact through our actions. There are certain things, and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, but there are certain things that some people just going to have to quit doing to see God work in their life because sin blocks, it blocks, it, it brings separation. It's not, it don't change his love for us. But guess what? It brings separation. Why? Because he's pure, he's holy, he's lovely. I can't be a part of that. I love you too much, but I can't be a part of that. But once we confess our sins, he comes a little closer. Once we repent, he comes a little closer. And he say, I'm I'm here. I I hear you. Okay. Once we agree with God that, Lord, what I'm doing ain't right. But I just can't stop. Do we know that Christ broke the yoke of bondage? Do we know that Christ, all of that stuff, we'll never be enslaved to again? Paul said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin still be a slave to it? How shall we still do it? But we don't know that. We don't really know the transformation that happened in the burial of Jesus Christ. 
Do we know what it is to die, to be buried, and to rise again? We died to our old man. We was buried, and sin was left, and we rose into the new life to be able to walk with Christ in the spirit. And that's for real. Not saying that them old desires ain't going to come back. Not saying that them old things ain't going to kind of make you hungry again, and and you're still going to be feeding for them things because your flesh knows it. It's habitual. It's a habit. I done done this for 20 years. I asked God to take drinking and cigarettes and smoking out of my life. And I honestly thought that this was going to be a real problem when I got out of prison. So I get out and certain guys at the job, they smoke. And he asked me something. I'm in the the car with this guy and he's driving me to the job site. And his name is Tim. And Tim, y'all pray for Tim. Please pray for Tim. Just say, Lord, bless Tim. Come on, Lord, bless Tim. Lord, bless Tim. Please, Lord, bless Tim. So, so <laughs> I'm in the car with Tim, and the first thing Tim asked me is, bro, you smoke? And I'm going to tell you two things happened. My flesh rose up, and my flesh got a little itchy. Y'all know what I mean by itchy, don't you? I just might, <laughs> what? Shoot. Nobody going to know. But then my spirit stood up and said, no. All things have become new. And when I spoke no, oh, man, the relief. When he asked me that I wanted to smoke, I got anxiety, y'all. I got a little nervous. <laughs> I got a little, I was like, oh, Lord, do I smoke, Jesus? <laughs> oh, my goodness, do I smoke, coach? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord Jesus, do I smoke? He ain't have a clue. Tim just being Tim. Tim don't even know what I was going through physically. I'm just letting y'all know. Don't tell nobody. So, so Tim don't even know what I'm dealing with in the passenger seat. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, do I smoke? I just got out two weeks ago, man. Oh, man. No, actually, I just got out three days ago. And then my spirit said, no. And then once that no came out of my mouth, Power came. Peace came. Surrender came. The Holy Spirit woke up inside of me that no means no. And as a people of God, when when Satan come at you with that ex-boyfriend, no. (laughs) When Satan come at you with that alcohol bottle and you know that you weak to it, no. When Satan come at you with pornography, no. And sometimes you just got to speak it before the thought even come out your mouth, before the thought even really registered. Because one thing we can't change is our thoughts. The Bible say, renew your mind. How many of y'all going to tell me that by the time something popped into your head that you was thinking about it? No, it just just happens. You ever been driving down the road and something stupid just popped into your head? You don't even know where it came from. I wasn't even thinking about that. What in the world? He be sitting on Facebook, look up this person. Why? I'm going to look him up anyways. It just happens. And that's the world that we live in. Family, we fighting with principalities and spiritual wickedness in dark places. We fighting with something that's so beyond us that we can't even phantom and we can't see it. And that's why we got to pray for spiritual field vision. We got to ask for the spirit of discernment. To know where the enemy is coming from. Because he's so swift. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. 
One thing he don't know is our future, which is a blessing. But he already know if we don't do the will of God, if we ain't helping others, we could fall victim to the enemy. And please don't get this twisted. Please, 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 please don't get this twisted. Even when you in your mess, if God give you a word to give to somebody else, you better be obedient. Be obedient because that same word that you give to somebody is going to bring you out. You might be dealing with a young lady that, that, that's um, caught up in something with a man that, that, she ain't even, that ain't even her husband. And you might be dealing with the same exact thing. But guess what? If God give you a word, baby, you know that ain't right. And you know if he ain't treating you right. You already know if you ain't married, it, it ain't going to work. And then certain people get in these relationships with certain people. And, and it started out in sin. And then we go to God and ask him to bless a mess. And we try to get married with that mess. And we expect it to work you serious the Bible said let us not be let us be unequally yoked we ain't supposed to be together like that if you if you caught up in something bro that I ain't really I'm, I'm going this way and you caught up in that and you cute and all and you got your car you got your little rims and stuff like that and you got your good job but you still doing something that I don't I don't need to be a part of you just gotta run just got to run. I find myself every day running from something, a situation. But that's my way out. He will provide the way of escape. And guess what? When I can't see it, I ask him for it. Hey, man, you got to show me the way of escape. I need the way of escape. Because I know what the enemy desires for us to do. But I can't just put that light up under the basket. Everywhere I go, I got to represent Christ. Anytime I speak, I got to represent Christ. Any action that I do, it must represent Christ. And I ain't talking about being holier than thou. I'm talking about standing up for what's right, not compromising our integrity for nothing. When you go to that job, when you in that car in traffic, Lord help me. Help me represent you in this situation. I had a guy the other day. He disrespected me. He shushed me. Anybody like being shushed? I don't like being shushed. I hate being shushed. There's just something about that shh. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, <man>, we... And <laughs> I'm so glad for the situation because it, it, it showed me what was still inside of me. You know, and this is where God really works at. You know, sometimes we think we all good. Sometimes we think we holy roller and Lord I'm just walking with Jesus and everything all good and I'm I'm good I don't, I don't need to read my Bible today I'm good well, anyways I, I walk into the room and I'm on the phone with my mom and the guy shushes me he says shh and the old man woke up real quick it was so weird I mean I didn't even know that it happened that fast and I hit one of these and then I'm on the phone with my mom and I'm like yes ma'am yeah that's all good shh And instantly, he must have felt that he was like, man, I'm so sorry, bro. I'm so sorry, man. And I didn't really understand 
the look on my face, my mom used to tell me as a little boy, she said, boy, your look say a million words. And I, I never understood it until I became a man, and then I started, like, you know, paying attention to it. But, <laughs> man, I gave him this unit, and I was like, man, bruh. And I never said nothing. And God showed me something through that, that, listen, there's something still inside of you that I'm working on. I'm going to complete the work. But he showed me something even bigger, that sometimes you ain't got to say a word. And your actions speak for themselves. As a people of God, let our actions speak for themselves. That we are Christ-like and that we are the salt of the earth and that we are a light that shines. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.